pump, it would switch itself off and you had to start all over again. He caught two bars of music. Chopin, he thought, when the light in the cab flickered. As he sat up, a movement caught his eye. He looked to his left, thinking it was that sorry-ass troll who lived in the basement. Guy never slept, never washed, either. Wasn't him, though. Nah, it was old hangdog himself, standing there with his hands clasped behind his back, staring in the truck window like he's the messenger of doom or something. He rolled down the window. You want something? he inquired. How do you live with yourself? the guy asked. Have you no shame? He raced the engine three times and then spoke. Don't you ever give it up, man. It's over. What can I say? Shit happens. Given a second chance, the driver probably would have chosen his words more carefully. As last words go, shit happens left a great deal to be desired. Those three syllables were, however, the last mortal utterance to pass his lips, because at that point, old Hangdog pulled a gun out from behind his back and shot the driver four times in the face. As he stood next to the truck, trying to absorb the gravity of his act, the truck radio suddenly began to play classical music, scattering his thoughts like leaves. He looked uncomprehendingly at the weapon in his hand. Then he lobbed it through the window into the driver's lap and slowly walked away. Wednesday, July 26th, 5.26 a.m. What was that? Ramon asked. Shh! Gerardo held a finger to his lips. The pulsing yellow light circled them in the darkness. Sounded like shots to me, Ramon whispered. Gerardo slipped the gun from his tool belt and held it close along his right leg as he worked his way along the side of the building all the way to the back, where he could see out into the parking lot. He peered around the corner and then came running back. He's sitting there warming up the truck, just like always. Must have been backfires, said Ramon, without believing it. They'd been following him for a week, memorizing his schedule, getting to know his habits. Gerardo checked his watch. One minute, he whispered. Whatever his other failings and the quality of his life suggested they were many, their victim was always on time, left his cruddy apartment just before 5.30 each morning, warmed up his truck for three minutes, and then left for work in time to arrive at five minutes to six. The only time he'd varied from his schedule was Friday night, when he'd stopped for gas and groceries on the way home. Gerardo's thick lips began to tremble as he stared at his watch and counted time. Thirty seconds, he whispered. Twenty-nine. Wednesday, July 26th, 5.31 a.m. He signed his confession, checked his watch, and then dialed 911. There has been a killing at the Briarwood Garden Apartments. 2611, Marginal Way South, he said. In the back parking lot. I'll meet the officers there. Let me have your... He hung up on the dispatcher. Then he smoothed his confession out on the counter and read it over. It began, This morning, July 26, 2000, I killed a man who deserved to die. For this act, I am prepared to suffer whatever consequences society sees fit to impose upon me. It was followed by his signature. He'd thought of explaining his crime but felt certain they wouldn't understand. They knew so little of honor. 
The more he looked at the word consequences, the more convinced he became it was spelled incorrectly. To be thought a killer was one thing. To be thought ignorant was another. Wednesday, July 26th, 5.34 a.m. He's late, Gerardo said. This time it was Ramon who scurried up to the corner of the building and peeked around. In the ghostly overhead light, he could see the mark sitting behind the wheel, hear the sounds of music and the engine running. He wondered if perhaps the driver had fallen asleep at the wheel. Something about the situation didn't feel right. When he looked around, Gerardo had doused the emergency light and was throwing the traffic cones into the truck. He hurried along the side of the building. He's still sitting there, he whispered to Gerardo. Maybe we should wait a few more minutes. Gerardo's face was grim. Something's wrong, he said. Get in. Ramon hopped into the passenger side just as the truck sprung to life. You play center, Gerardo said. I'll play third. They'd done it so many times before, nothing more needed to be said. Gerardo gunned the truck up the narrow drive, swung left around the parking lot, and slid to a stop with the bed of their pickup blocking the marks. Both men leaped from the truck and ran to their respective positions, Ramon out onto the grass in front of the truck where he assumed the combat position, holding his silenced automatic in two hands, pointing directly at the dark windshield. Gerardo, a half-pace to the rear of the driver's side window, where, by the mere extension of his arm, he could place the end of the suppressor behind the victim's ear. "'What the fuck is this?' Gerardo said. When Gerardo returned his weapon to his belt and leaned down to peer in the window, Ramon hustled across the grass to his side. The mark sat open-mouthed. Four separate rivers of blood ran down over his face and disappeared into his collar. He'd been shot twice high on the forehead, once in the right eye, and once again just to the left of the nose. Somebody shot him, Gerardo offered, in that literal manner of his that drove Ramon crazy. No shit, Ramon said. He pointed down at the twenty-two target pistol in the dead man's lap. Shooter dropped a piece, he said. What the fuck are we going to do? We were supposed to shoot the guy. What kind of fuck would do something like this, Gerardo demanded. Let me think, will ya? Ramon looked around the parking lot. Nothing. Apparently nobody had heard the noise. We got to finish this thing, he said after a minute. Just like the plan. But we didn't pop him. Don't matter, Ramon said quickly. We still got to finish. He checked the area again. Still nothing. We finish. Just like it was us who offed him. It ain't right, Gerardo said. We were supposed to do it. Ramon knew the muley look. He pointed the silenced automatic through the window and shot the lifeless corpse twice in the side. The body toppled over in the seat. There, we shot him, he said. You feel better now? Gerardo didn't answer just stared sullenly off into space. Go ahead, Ramon said. Give him a couple. Gerardo shook his head. It's not right, he said again. Go on, Ramon coaxed. Gerardo hesitated for a moment, gave a small shrug, leaned into the cab, and shot the body three times in rapid succession. Ramon began to move. I'll drive his truck. You follow behind. We do it just like we planned. 
What if? Ramon cut him off. You gonna go back and tell the man we struck out? He asked. You gonna tell him how we were sitting on our thumbs out front while somebody else was earning our money for us? They both knew the answer was no. In their present position, failure was not an option. Ramon pulled open the driver's door and used his foot to push the body down onto the passenger side floorboards. Let's go, he said. Nice and easy like always. Gerardo hustled over to their truck and moved it forward, allowing his partner to back out into the lot. He began to sweat as he followed the flickering taillights down the drive, around the corner, and into the street, where they drove north at forty miles an hour. A mile down the road from the Briarwood Garden Apartments, flashing lights appeared in the distance, blue and white. Both men tensed at the wheel, watching the lights grow closer, until a pair of white police cruisers came roaring by in the opposite direction. Both men smiled with relief and watched their rearview mirrors as the lights disappeared into the darkness. Wednesday, July 26th, 5.41 a.m. The swirling light was captured in the iris of a single orange eye. Then, a moment later, the static crack of a radio scratched the air, and the heron began rushing forward through the water, curling its long neck for flight, beating indignant wings against the cold night air. He watched as the great bird forced itself upward into the black sky, and then pulled his confession from his jacket pocket and read it once again. He stayed in the shadows as he made his way toward the pulsing blue and white lights ahead. At the final corner, he stopped. Everything was as he had imagined it would be. A pair of police cruisers sat in the middle of the lot, doors open, light banks blazing. Four policemen stood in a knot in front of the cars, the harsh glare of their headlights turning their legs to gold.